This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Take your Bibles and turn with me, if you will, please, to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. And uh, we are going to look at, beginning in verse number 11, where we left off last week. For so an entrance, look at this carefully, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to speak a little bit further on this word entrance um, into the everlasting kingdom. So last week we were talking about this. This is basically where we left off, that for anybody that goes to heaven, everybody must go through Jesus. There is no other way. You've heard me say thousands of times the words of Jesus where he said in John chapter 14, verse number 6, he said, I'm, I'm the way. And he said, no man comes to the Father but by me. There is only one way to heaven. It is through Jesus. It's through Christ and Christ alone. No, no other means, methods. It's the blood of Jesus. He is the way. Now, having said that, I don't want you to confuse this statement. But the truth of the matter is we will all go the same way, and that is through Christ and Christ alone. But when we get there, we will be different positionally. By that I mean this. There are some people that's going to go to heaven that their life is consumed with the faith. Their life is consumed with Christianity. Their life is consumed with doing good. Their life is consumed of taking up the cross daily and following the Lord. Uh, they, they, have, they have a structured prayer time. They have a devotional life. They have a time where they witness, where they share the word with others. They have, a, they have times in their life when they are visiting the sick and they're extending their love and compassion to the poor. I'm talking about an individual that is just completely immersed with Jesus, that has completely sacrificed their life uh, for the kingdom, for the glory of God. There are going to be others that when the trumpet sounds and they get to heaven, they don't have that kind of a relationship or fellowship with the Lord. But it makes no difference whether or not somebody is completely immersed, somebody has a casual relationship with the Lord, or believe it or not, there are going to be some people that get to heaven through Christ and Christ alone that has absolutely no relationship with him as far as fellowship goes because they are, they are we talked about this last week, they are in this condition called being backslidden. They are like Simon Peter. At the day of crucifixion, they're following afar off. Because the question is this, even in Peter's life, 
even when Peter said, I know not the man, we have to remember something, that he had already previously made the great confession of faith in this little place called Caesarea Philippi. Jesus asked him point blank. He said, whom do men say that I am? Jesus said, the talk of town. People are saying this. Some say you're Jeremiah. And they responded, says, some saying you're Elijah. But Jesus said, who do you say? Who do you say that I am? It's just like David when he quoted Psalms 23, when he wrote Psalms 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He had that confidence. And Jesus said, okay, so Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so he, he was a believer. He did not lose his salvation. He did not lose his faith when he said, I know not the man. He lost his courage. We don't get to heaven because of our courage. We get to heaven because of the blood of Jesus, Christ and Christ alone. Faith in Christ plus or minus nothing other than him. He's the way. So when we get, as this word says, entrance, this is an important word to me in my study. I'm, I'm sharing my study with you. And into the everlasting kingdom, we, we, all, we all have to go through Jesus, but we will not all get there the same. Don't confuse that. Only one way, Jesus. But we will arrive on the streets of glory. We'll meet the Lord in the air, in the rapture, changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. When, when the trumpet sounds and we meet the Lord in the air, we will not all be the same positionally. We will all be saved because the rapture is only for believers. There will not be any lost people, unbelievers, in the air, in the rapture. The gathering of the lost will be at the great white throne, and that will be at the end of the millennium. But here's the thing. So we arrive differently. The, you know the old song, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain. There are some people that's living at the cross, camping at the cross. And there are some people that only come to church on Christmas and Easter because somebody's making them come. Now, that's a big difference in this relationship thing with the Lord. Because we're not saved by works, there's not one work we can do on this earth that will make us one ounce saved. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. But are works important? They clearly are. The scripture says, not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Okay, so we know that we're not saved by works. Titus 3, 5, uh, 5 teaches us that. In fact, get that scripture on the screen for us, fellas, if you can. Titus 3, 5. I know it's not on my outline for you, but I want us to see this scripture. Um, this, is, this is what the apostle Paul writes. He says, not by works of righteousness. There's nothing you can do to work yourself into heaven. You cannot do that. This is the Apostle Paul. Not of works of righteousness, which we have done. We cannot work ourselves into heaven. You, you cannot 
come to church enough. You cannot give enough. You cannot reach the poor enough. You cannot visit the sick enough. There's nothing you can do, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath its flood, lose all their guilty stains. We are saved by the blood of Jesus, not by works. Now, that's a a scripture that the Jehovah's Witness do not want to really recognize as in the Bible. Not of works of righteousness, because there are some denominations that are traditionally built on works, Now, let me say this. Are works important? Yes. We do not work ourselves to be saved, but when we are saved, we get busy and work. And that's a big difference in translation. So when, when we get to heaven, we will all be there because of the blood of Jesus, but we will not all arrive in the same position Because there will be some that have just relentlessly served the Lord. There are those who have casually served the Lord. There will be those who just traditionally served the Lord. And then there will be those who were were genuinely saved. I really believe this. You say, well, explain this, preacher. It's it's a very difficult thing for me to, to explain this to you. But because of the doctrine of the washing of regeneration because of the renewing of the Holy Spirit because there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. I know some people that have genuinely, truly, at some point in their life, who gave their heart to Christ. They, They clearly understood the plan of salvation. They clearly understood that Jesus was the only way. I mean... And I get this. The Bible says that even the devils believe. True. But like Judas, the devils do not believe from the heart. They have an intellectual understanding. But I know some people that have genuinely from the heart, for with the heart man believeth. I know that there are people who have believed with the heart, where the Holy Spirit broke at some point and place in their life who brought them to a place of even salty tears, who, who knew that Jesus was the only way that going to heaven was through Christ and Christ alone. And, and they were taught, they heard, John 6, clearly teaches, except the Spirit, the Father, draw a person. So we understand that no one can be saved apart from the Holy Spirit. But where a person heard the Word, they believed the Word, they received the Word, and not just from intellectually, Positioned, but also they, they believed in their heart where, where people have made a genuine profession of faith, genuine. And for whatever reasons in life, they got away from the Lord. So the question is this. Can, can we or can we not lose our salvation? We cannot lose it. It's impossible. We believe in the doctrine of eternal security, not because we, we, 
we want to convince ourselves that everybody is saved forever. But, but that's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Word teaches. We believe in eternal security, the doctrine of eternal security, because that's what the Word teaches. So the question is, because I cannot judge. I'm no man's judge. And the truth of the matter is none of us can be a judge. We, we, cannot, we cannot judge a man's soul. So, so if a man, now, well, preacher, doesn't the word say that you shall know them by their fruits? Yes. And that clearly gives us a biblical right to be a fruit inspector. We can inspect fruit. By their fruits you shall know them. I believe that there are people walking this planet or who are dead and gone that made genuine professions of faith who truly, with salty tears, invited Christ. Now, now I want to be clear with this. You don't have to cry to be saved. I, I know a lot of people that when they trusted the Lord Jesus as a Savior, they, they were broken in two, and they did weep. I know people who, when they got saved, they didn't weep. They shouted. They lifted up their hands. They did a holy dance. The, the response to this washing of regeneration, this response to the Holy Spirit, we're all different. And so we respond differently. So we cannot say that if you do not cry, you're not saved. Or if you do not dance, you're not saved. We, we can't tag that stuff. That's ridiculous. So people respond differently. Now, if a person made, I can, because I cannot judge it, if a person made a genuine profession of faith to where it took root and it was a possession, not just a profession, there's a big difference between profession of faith and possession of faith. Yeah, I believe people all day long can say, yes, I believe, but the Bible says even devils say they believe. But when a person genuinely, here's the difference. When a person genuinely repents, they confess. If they confess that, yes, I am a lost, unregenerated sinner, I'm on my way to hell, and there's only one thing that can change that, and that's the old rugged cross. That's the blood of Jesus. He's the only way. It's through Christ and Christ alone. When a person goes beyond this profession and, and they take possession of faith and they truly receive Christ as their Savior, then we have to agree with the Apostle Paul. And that is this. In Romans 8, 38 and 39, it goes on to say this. He said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor principalities, angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, present or things to come, the Word says I, that I am persuaded of all of this, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That means this, that there is absolutely nothing. Because if, if I can be unsaved, because of something I do or do not do, then I'm not justified. I'm worktified. 
And we're not saved by works. You just read it by the Apostle Paul in Titus 3.5. We're not worktified. We're justified. So when a person makes a profession of faith, but it goes beyond what devils know. It goes beyond what the unregenerate knows. Where a person believes in their heart, you are, like Peter said, you, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. I, I profess, I confess my faith in you. I'm trusting you and you alone. And a person is confessed and, and they have repented. This is what naturally happens when a person does that. There, there is a transformation. That's why the Word says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away and all things become new. That means this, that when, when it, this thing of justification, that means just as though we've never sinned. That's how we stand in the sight of God. So that means this, when a person confesses Christ, repents of their sin, there's a transformation in this thing of justification. That means that when a person is walking this way, lost and on their way to hell, at the moment they speak the name of Jesus and invite Christ to come into their heart and to be their personal Savior, what happens is there's an about face. And a person starts walking this way, completely away from the old nature. Now, we will always have the old nature. When, when, we, when we become a born-again Christian, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. We know that. We're born again. We're transformed. But I will tell you this. God does not take away the sin nature when we become a Christian. He doesn't take it away. And the evidence of that is this, because every one of us, and I use us in a big way here, because every one of us still, in some way or another, we sin every day, all of us. So the scripture, when you read when Paul said, does for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, for all still sin and come short of the glory of God. We all sin. So there is no such thing of sinless perfection. We cannot be spiritual enough to where we put ourselves into a sinless environment. We're, we're all going to sin. But the question, and I'm talking about, let me call your attention back here to this word, entrance and into the everlasting kingdom. We, we are born again through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we confess and we profess and we take possession, there is a radical, dramatical change in our life. We have been bought by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus, and we have been radically changed. Okay, pastor, so what about the person who, who is radically changed? They radically make a profession. They take possession. Christ comes in. And they can say like the Apostle Paul, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. What happens to a person, pastor, who makes that kind of profession, who really takes possession, and then for whatever various reasons in life, they get so dizzy in life or they get so turned around that they are not walking with the Lord anymore. 
There, there is a big difference between not walking in the, with the Lord anymore and, and being an apostate and, and being completely against God. Let me tell you this. I have, I've known many people, many people in my past who, when they have died, they have said something like this, and I've stood beside the beds of people in Chippenham, Johnston, Willis. You, you, I've been in all these hospitals when people have died. In the last fleeing moments of their life, people have said something like this. Can you see it? Can you see what I see? And in their last breath, they've testified of an angelic presence. Or some have actually said, he's here. And I have seen countless people slip out of this life into eternity with the peace of God that passeth all understanding. But I have never, ever stood beside the bedside of an individual who in their dying moments, who had professed Christ, who screamed, I regret every mile. I'm sorry I became a Christian. I've, that's never happened to me. I've never experienced that. Here's the thing. When a, when a person is truly born again, they do not become perfected. They do not become sinless. But they, but they do not blaspheme. They do not become an apostate. They, they do not get into heresies. And Why? Because the Holy Spirit within them. You see, here's the thing. The devil and the Holy Spirit cannot occupy the same place. When, when the Holy and I'm out of time. I cannot believe this. When the Holy Spirit comes in, the devil has to move out. Doesn't mean we become sinless and perfect. But the Bible says this, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? This is, this is where the Holy Spirit abides within us. And the devil and the Holy Spirit cannot cohabitate. It's impossible. So that explains it a little bit when you understand that when you become a Christian, you don't become perfected, you don't become sinless. We all sin, for all have sinned, for all continue to sin. But we don't spit on the Bible. We don't curse the name of God. But we, 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 don't, we don't become heretics and we don't blaspheme. We, don't, we, might, we might follow afar off. And we might not read our Bible, and we might not have a deep-rooted relationship with the Lord, and we might get to heaven on a different playing field, so to speak. But we all go through the blood. We all go through Jesus. But a person who is genuinely saved, listen, they have more than an intellectual belief in Jesus that's equivalent to what devils have. Devils believe in Jesus. They believe in Jesus' intellectual. And I will tell you this. They know. They know he is the son of God. 
They know that Jesus defeated the devil on the cross, that Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness. They, they know this. But do, they, do the devils believe in the Messiah to be the Savior of, of their being? Absolutely not. We're, we're out of town tonight. I hate to stop right here, and I've only got three words of a verse we talked about last week. We'll get back into it, Lord willing, next Wednesday night. That's a good subject, amen? amen. It's a good subject. So, let, listen, uh, we'll pick this back up because I'm not finished with it. And uh, I leave you with the statement that the ground for our entrance into the kingdom is in the finished work of Christ. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.